This podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional help. If you or someone you know is facing difficulties, I advise you consult a psychologist. Hi everyone and welcome to Psych for Life with Dr. Amanda Ferguson. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Ferguson. In today's episode, I'll be discussing trusting others is really about trusting ourselves. But how can we? We've all experienced being hurt, let down, betrayed, abandoned, rejected, perhaps by a family member, a friend, a partner, a workmate. But have you found yourself stuck in distrust as a result of this? The lack of trust in other people is really about not being able to trust our own judgment. And there's work that we have to do in order to find our way back to trusting ourselves again because of the lessons we've learnt or need to still learn from this betrayal of trust. Usually there's been warning signs if we think back retrospectively from the time beyond the trust being broken to where we can now see warning signs we probably didn't see back then. Or maybe we liked to dismiss them, minimise them, gave the benefit of the doubt to the other person, wanted to believe that they were just as nice as us because normal people tend to believe and assume most other people are like them. Whereas abnormal people tend to look down on normal people thinking they're silly and they're not exploiting to get their own ends met. Children just hand over their trust You know, they're required to be respectful of adults. They have to be in order to survive and thrive. But as adults, we're not supposed to do that. That's in fact childlike behaviour and we're going to be disappointed. We're going to be hurt if that's what we do. As adults, what we're meant to be doing is sharing a little trust, a little vulnerability and basically seeing what the other person does with it. So it is a bit of an experiment. It is a bit of a test that we have to go through in terms of can we do that? Uh, Can we trust ourselves to do that in a way that keeps us safe? As well as are we able to trust this other person? And if so, in what ways? To what extent? Because there are always areas where we can't trust other people 100%, nor can we be 100% trustworthy. It's just not possible as humans. We're not perfect. So again, our trust in others is really about trusting in ourself and our judgment and this process and protection. Think back, did you know this? Is there a time when you didn't know this? Is this all new to you? Were you wary and not trusting and guarding instead of finding out if this person's trustworthy? Were there warning signs? What are the warning signs? For instance, someone turns up late to a meeting with no apology and they don't seem to care. Do they have a time management issue? Everyone has some issues and limitations. And either it's workable or it's not. It's a deal breaker. So in that situation, you'd probably want to check out why they're late and did they realise they're late and what it's meant to you that they're late. Um, even in a subtle, gentle way to see if they can rise to the occasion and repair the broken trust and whether you think that that is a repair or a deal breaker. One of the models that I use for trust, which I really find extremely helpful, was developed by Dr. Isolina Ricci and in her book, Mum's House, Dad's House in 1997. She developed it for couples who were divorcing to co-parent and to learn how to do this. But I use it with all my couples and I often use it for individuals for this trust business. So imagine a page 
divided into four quadrants. So a line down the middle and down the, from the top to the bottom and across from left to right, four quadrants. She says stage one of intimacy relating, relating with people is about respect. And she uses a scenario of boy meeting a girl on a bus stop and traveling to school, say, um, for a few weeks in a row. And stage one is acquaintance. They don't know each other. So the normal rules of respect apply. There's no disclosure. There's no trust. There's no expectations. There's no assumptions. They don't know each other. They're strangers. Why would you trust a stranger up front? Stage two, however, after getting to know each other for a few weeks, they may decide to become friends. Well, if we decide to befriend someone, we're going to decide to trust them. So suddenly there is trust now, there is disclosure, there is assumptions and expectations. One might assume, well, as we're friends now, I expect you'll save me a seat on the bus and I'd save you a seat. And if that gets broken, of course, the trust is broken. Stage three, Ricky says, is commitment in a romantic relationship. Couples get into a commitment stage, they might move in together or get married. Stage four, she says, is the breakdown of trust and all relationships have a breakdown of trust. And as adults, if we can accept this, that our trust will be broken because again, people aren't perfect, that we will break other people's trust because we're not perfect. We will miss cues, they'll miss cues. We don't know each other and we can't know each other fully for many years to come. So we won't know where we're stepping on toes or breaking trust. So she advises, we go back to stage one. Now this model is also in my book, which is called LifeWorks, Rediscover Yourself and Transform Your Relationships by HarperCollins. And I love this model because it makes so much sense that if again we regroup, go back to stage one, respect. You know, again, no trust, no assumptions, no expectations. You know, with the example of the seat being minded. Oh, you didn't mind me a seat. I assumed you would mind me a seat. Oh, next time, would you please mind me a seat? So that we're again not assuming the other person understands or realizes what's happened. We're letting them know. Okay, my trust was, was let down. I'm letting you know I'm being responsible for how I trust you in the future. And I'm giving you the opportunity. I'm giving you the opportunity to rebuild and further our trust. And then again, we go through the model into further friendship. Certainly if that other person has realized, oh, of course, I, I could have saved you. I didn't think or and we realize, oh, it was a natural mistake. It was an oversight on their behalf. Of course, whereas if the response was different and negative, such as why should I save you a seat? I think that's a deal breaker for most people. And this is where you discover whether people are worth your investment of further trust and, of course, withdraw the trust in those situations because it has been betrayed. So it's a healthy adult to withdraw that trust if the person realises the error of their ways and wants to rebuild the trust, having realised they've hurt us and that they made a mistake. That's sometimes part of the process of continuing the trust process. But again, we have to be the ones protecting ourselves. The trust in others is up to our own judgment and decision about who and what and why we would continue trusting someone in that situation. So identifying people as much as we can, as quickly as possible. You know, is your new boss a nasty person, untrustworthy in certain areas? Is this new classmate or work colleague someone that's not like you? 
dropping the assumptions that everyone is like us is a really important adult skill in terms of trust. So really see if you can identify what you think you're dealing with as quickly as possible in people and suspend testing important things to trust other people with. Really test small things that are not that important to you until you get to things that really are important to you because we need a foundation of trust before we would, as an adult, really test important things with other people. If you find someone that lacks empathy, you're probably dealing with someone who's narcissistic, in which case you can never really trust them and certainly only on transactional issues. And if then, certainly be wary and always be wary if it's a narcissistic type of person. Learn how to deal with these people that we can never have normal relationships with narcissistic people, but we can become very empowered. So, as always, our relationships with ourselves is the main predictor for our relationships with others. Make your self-relationship your priority and all else will follow in the best possible ways. If anything discussed in this podcast has caused you concern or distress, contact your general practitioner or health provider. To locate a psychologist in your area, call the Australian Psychological Society and locate Find a Psychologist Service on 1800 337 or visit www.findapsychologist.org.au. If you or someone you know is in crisis, Lifeline is available 24-7 on 13 11 14 and Kids Helpline, again 24-7 on 1800 1800 and both are free of charge. To find out more about me, please visit my website, dramandaferguson.com.au. You can find the link in my show notes. The opinions expressed by guests in these podcasts aren't necessarily shared by me.